Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and admittedly, glassware was never really exciting in my early days. Today, we're set up in our first official Drinking Socially studio, uh, which is basically a table, and I just experienced the (laughs) pain of putting a table together that was ordered from the internet. So I've never been more excited to drink a beer, at least this week. (laughs) Every time I move from place to place, I kind of reassess my beer glasses and try to eliminate the ones I don't use, which usually involves donating one of them to a friend and keeping the rest because they're sentimental. Mm -hmm. My collection of glassware is is probably too large, but tonight we're going to actually focus on that, talk about glassware and beer and how there is no wrong answer. And I'm Harrison, and really, yeah, all the new things tonight, as John said, in a new studio, it's full of wood and bricks and interesting smells, and drinking out of some pretty serious drinking vessels as well uh, this evening. One of them, uh, the only other time I ever drank, I guess if you could call it that, out of before was probably when it was full of Fruity Pebble milk while enjoying some Saturday morning cartoons. Tonight <laughs> will be uh, pretty, pretty different Although perhaps some of those fruity pebble notes will still be hanging out in a different form. Uh, excited to see see what happens. But first, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. It can be found at podcast.untap.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as you're listening to this one, Harrison and I love beginning each episode, kind of catching up over what we missed uh, over the last weekend or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison, I always love asking you about what you drank over the weekend. Anything cool uh, that that I missed out on? Yeah, I had a great weekend. Um, uh, Friday night, just uh, had the evening to myself, so it was kind of cool out here. Got into the 30s, I guess, which is actually, I guess, cool by by almost any definition. Um, and uh, so cracked open a couple of beers by a fire outside that I made uh, with the dogs. Uh, a session IPA from Edward Teach, which is a local brewery here. It's really great. And it kind of embodied what I think a session IPA should be, which is really like a shelf-stable pale ale, like something that is really good and has a lot of flavor. And even if you have it three months after it was packaged, it still is an enjoyable beer. It hasn't really dropped off and come kind of weird multi mess. So that, there, but theirs is fresh and it was great. Um, uh, I think I remarked something along the lines of my check-in of wish every beer was like this beer. And then followed that up with a Scribbler's Son, which is a Schwartz beer from Haw River. I which, saw, I saw yeah, you check into a Schwartz beer. I was excited to kind of add, like yeah. a, a black lager. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, yep, that just means like black beer um, in German. And uh, yeah, Haw River used Bavarian malts and German noble hops in it. So they actually got uh, the malts for that beer from from Bavaria, which is pretty cool. Um, and it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was absolutely delicious. I, I wish I got a, a more of it. I'll probably get, I'll probably see more check-ins of that coming up the next cold day we have. Um, and then uh, yeah, I finished it up with a, a beer called Shift Beer, excuse me, Lift Beer from Hop Fly, which is my beer, a brewery of 2019. It's like a double dry hop pale ale, which they did well. And that's always tricky with a beer that um, you double dry hop a pale ale that doesn't have as much of the malt backbone as like an IPA or a double IPA when you dry hop with abandon and not worry about it tasting like a vegetable mess. This one, they did a good job of balancing it where it was 
certainly double dry hopped, but um, didn't taste like I was drinking a salad. So, um, <laughs> so really great stuff all around. I had a blast uh, the entire night. How about you, John? What did you what did you get into? Uh, you you've been doing really good with your brewery focus <laughs> of 2020. Uh, this is your second or third mention for Hop Fly. I, I still have stuff. yet to find Angry Chair or right. Wander Beyond. Right. Um, but I did have uh, the, the friends and I host a Dungeons and Dragons night. So if you want to know which one of us is the nerd, it's me. Um, <laughs> We had one of the uh, guys that plays with us brought some beer from a brewery called For the Love of God Brewing. As I understand, they're really small, but they made an amazing New England IPA that they shared with us. It was... Uh, my my first words were this is like a West Coast New England IPA. It was Uh, was a really unique uh, version of that style of beer, which I love. And I also had my first purple beer. Mm. It was a collaboration from... uh, Ramari and mm-hmm. Wiseman mm-hmm. in North Carolina, and they used pea flour to get the purple color and five different kinds of rice. It was just, it was, mm-hmm. it was, I, I never imagined having a purple beer. That was really cool. Whoa. Uh, the neat part as we were getting ready for the show tonight, I was looking back on my check ins and I could see the time that I was kind of out of work sick because the check-ins have a, I I was like, Oh, I got sick on Tuesday. I can see when the check-ins stop. And when they pick back up again, I was going for a fruited Berliner because I thought it would actually make me healthy. Right. Sure. Get those vitamins in fruit any way you can. That's That's uh, the way I thought of it. (laughs) Not alone there. That's Um, awesome. Pretty, pretty big news got released just a couple of days ago at untapped. If you haven't seen anything there yet, we kind of uh, adopted a new member to the Untapped family with Beer Advocate. Yeah. Um, there's been some press already covered. You can find uh, kind of releases on, on how that's going. But uh, for the intro of this show, I wanted to ask Harrison kind of what are your memories of uh, Beer Advocate or have you ever used it before, Harrison? Sure. Yeah, I have tons of great memories there. That's kind of where my, really my brewing journey began. I think I, so I joined on the 15th of October in 2009, so 11 old odd years ago, um, and uh, was r- kind of fresh into home brewing, um, probably been about a year by then. And it was really kind of like my introduction into like how big the craft beer community had become. You really got a feeling when you went through all the forums and saw people who said they were, you know, tagged themselves as being in Maine and Michigan and Portland and all these cool places, all talking about the same beers. Felt like you were part of something pretty big. And that's actually how I discovered Allagash's Triple. There was like a forum, I think, on it where it was like, is anyone having it right now? What's like, and I think it was even a vintage conversation where it's like, you know, I'm having the 2007. Nice. It's tasting nice. great. Anyone else have any out there? You should open it right now. And that people did and conversation about it. I was like, man, I got to go and find them one of this. And I did. And it, today is one of my favorite triples out there. And, you know, from an amazing brewery that does everything well, but uh, but didn't know about it. Wasn't on my radar until some stranger on Beer Advocate was like, hey, man, uh, check this out. And I did. And I remember that as kind of one of the defining moments of just feeling like kind of part of something bigger um, as beer was, again, really exciting to me at that time, making it myself and kind of seeing that I was going to be in this industry for the foreseeable future to have a large community that was also as, as kind of crazy about it as I was. Uh, that was that was really neat and, and definitely a lot of fond memories of just spending probably too much time commenting on people's, you know, forums and posts and topics and being way too serious with the beers that I reviewed on there as well. It was fun <laughs> to look back and kind of 
see how smart I thought I was um, <laughs> going through the beers I, I posted about on there. But it, it, it's great, and I'm excited to yeah, see what's happening next. What about you, John? What uh, Any memories for you there? I, I think I originally came to Beer Advocate as a magazine subscriber. Um, I have probably three logins for Beer Advocate, <laughs> uh, one of which that I still have access to. I've been lurking in their forums really like the first time I had a Frontescan or, mm, or a Hogarden yes. and realized not all beer was the same. Uh, beer Advocate was a great resource and it was just, it was intimidating to go on there and see people talking about the yeast that was, I didn't even right. know right. Oh, the yeast tops, barley, I didn't even know the how beer was made at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of scary, but it was neat to go on there and, and see these the scientists talking right. about the beers they were drinking. <laughs> Um, so I, I think Harrison and I are both really excited to see how this develops at Untapped, and uh, hopefully those of you listening are as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Allagash yes. Triple, Ooh. we've got uh, a, a competitor to mm. uh, Belgian Triple and a really celebrated one here to open up the show tonight as we talk about glassware. I'm excited to announce this beer. I'm going to have Harrison kind of announce it because it's, it's sitting behind me right now. But mm-hmm. uh, Harrison, do you mind giving us the specs on this beautiful, our, I think our first Canadian beer on the show as well? Yeah, that's right. So the, this show's beer starts with the end of the world. That's or beautiful. <laughs> as it's more uh, more commonly known, La Fin de Monde. So this is from... Uh, from Unibrew or Unibrew, depending on where you are. I've heard both are correct or forgivable, I guess. Um, but the uh, amazing brewery, as John said, uh, out of Canada, they've been brewing this beer since 1994. So certainly an OG in this space, and it does mean the end of the world. Um, ooh, here we go. That was it's, a good it's one. Ready. It's ready to party. <laughs> that surprised me. <laughs> <That's> surprised. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, all right, good. Um, and from from the the their official description, um, they uh, the notes about this beer actually. So it's a Belgian triple, nine percent, nineteen IBUs, um, and their uh, commenting on it is uh, the excellence of triple fermentation through a blend of special yeast gives this malt beverage an exquisitely robust flavor of exceptional refinement. Um, so I mean, yeah, pretty classy beer, a storied beer for sure, one that. Um, a lot of people have it's a, it's probably a gateway beer for a lot of people, as you said about kind of Hoa Gardens. We talked about a lot, and you know other beers, and for me, Nuki Browns. So you have that beer that is something else. You're like, oh, this is there's a bigger world here that's been in front of me this whole time. Um, a lot of people I know have a story like that, and this is their their gateway beer. So, and I haven't had it in a hot minute. It is bottle fermented, which is always awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm pumped to, to have this again because it's been a little while. True. I've, I've only seen it in its cork and cage bottle, it's 750 milliliter bottle with a cork in it, um, or on tap. It's got a huge mm-hmm. tap yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I, I know they make it in a smaller, like a 350 mil bottle True. as well. Um, but that was one of the, I, I remember seeing that and remembering my high school French and putting. La Fin du Monde together yeah. is the end of the world and saying, that's great. I'm going to try it. And then I got my butt kicked by 9%. <laughs> um, but it's it, it, it's it's a, a Canada's most awarded beer. Right. It's got over 50 medals. Um, the, the brewers refer to it as brewed on least. 
uh, which Harrison kind of mentioned, bottle fermented. There's there's yeast left over in the beer, yeah, um, which is a, another fancy way to say it. But I haven't had this beer since uh, since I was a bartender, sure. um, and I, I remember selling it to people as like the blue moon you can end your night on, right? Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> or start the second half of your night on, <laughs> start your morning with, um, yeah, that's uh, early early morning. Yeah, I mean, cool. So we're drinking this. Harrison's going to drink this one out of a tiku glass, mm. which I would I would posit that a tiku glass is the perfect glass for any beer. Um, as he quickly uh, <laughs> as he quickly inhales the foam coming over the top of that bottle uh, fermented. That is oh, that's man. a heady pour. But the the tiku glass was a uh, long story short, a uh, kind of a, a, a concept between, if I remember correctly, an Italian designer and a german engineer which uh there's 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 some stories to be told there i'm sure absolutely and i have i have a just a quick one the first time i ever saw a tiku glass was at tired hands out in ardmore pa outside of philly who i'm sure a lot of you know of and maybe lucky to have some of their beers and they early days were very well known for their like farmhouse ales they would a lot of times or saisons they dry hop the heck out of it was kind of the crazy thing that what do you dry hop in this beer yeah Yeah. dry saison hands is big um, I was actually there the first day they opened and they shortly after started selling these and I'd never seen one before until it popped up on their Facebook feed. And I was like, what is that? And they had the really cool artwork on it. of like they're crazy animated alien guys. So, um, first time I saw it was, was then, and it kind of like a glass of the future. Um, and yeah, I'm pumped to check this beer out. And, and yes, as John said, super, uh, super heady there on the pour, but this glass is designed to handle it. Ooh. Hmm. It's going to be fun to start with. Yeah, right. A glass specifically yeah. designed to capture mm-hmm. the aroma of a beer. Yep. I'm going to be drinking this out of a tulip glass, which has kind of become my go-to. Um, honestly, one big uh, favor of the tulip glass is it fits in my cabinets really well. Right, that's important. Um, yeah, and it still does a good job. You know, when I pull it up to drink out of, I'm, I'm, I, I can take in that aroma of the beer and Unibrew actually suggests if you're drinking right. this beer, they suggest you pair it with a tulip. I'm hopeful they won't be angry about us trying it from a tiku as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, what do you say, Harry? You want to cool. dive in? Let's do it. Cheers. Let's do it. Ah, spite, spicy, mm-hmm. spicy, fruity nose, which is perfect. That's what I want Super in a triple. Estery. Ooh, nice warmness. There's a little bit of, man. A little bit uh, of mm, orange happening. Man, this kind of, mm, again. I, instantly, it makes me think of cracked black pepper. Mm, I know yeah, that's not sure. an ingredient. They, I think they use orange and coriander yeah, in here. Yeah, but almost, yeah, uh, yeah. as soon as it's like palate cleansing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the the clen the clen the cleanness cleanliness yeah, of yeah. this beer super clean uh, makes me not herbaceous but it, 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 it god that's good mm-hmm. I know it's again it's we've been doing a really good job unintentionally of having a lot of past couple podcasts a lot of just really classic beers doing older Asputin last time and um, a few more for that um, but you know just kind of classic examples of just a great beer. That can stand alone on the flavors that are created by the yeast in here. As we mentioned, three different yeasts in there happening, do kind of doing their own thing. It is bottle fermented with some of that yeast as well. So this is a beer that you can sit on and age. And like the bottle itself says it'll last till April 2022. 
So two plus years from the day we're drinking it, it'd still be great by the story, dark story, cool place and dark ultimately. Right. Yeah. Just put it in your, a box in a closet or as I have a box behind my couch that I can never, (laughs) never remember exists unless I'm here. That's a a time gap far away than a cellar. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 it's working. I mean, John nailed it. There's lots of, there's a little bit of cracker happening here. Lots of fruity esters from these yeasts, which kick off all kinds of cloves, a little bit of banana happening in there. Maybe some bubble gum, like. There's all these flavors you hear about when you learn about uh, what a triple is and study Belgian beers. They're all in this beer. But you're right. It is very um, clean. It's definitely like there's nothing cloying about it at all. It's just for 9%, it just goes down smooth. Again, I think my favorite, I would tell you that my favorite taste in beer is hoppy. But I think balanced, even though it's not a taste, it's more uh, a qualifier or a, it's not a taste, um, but, <laughs> but, but, oh, but but balanced makes a yeah. beer yeah. great. This one, after having taken a few sips, if I come back to the nose, mm-hmm. it it smells like being in a French bakery where there where right. there's just a a titch of sweetness in the bread. It just right. it smells, uh, it, it smells like beautiful fresh bread. And then uh, at going back for another drink. Uh, it, it the finish is dry, which allows me to drink it kind of consecutively without having to let my palate recover. I'm grateful for that mm-hmm. uh, with a dry finish. But this would pair beautifully with almost any food I can think of. With a French inspiration, I instantly want like uh, like a sausage and a baguette and some and some really stinky All cheese. The cheese. Yep. <laughs> Uh, this would be beautiful. This is if you're ever trying to impress someone on a first date, buy a cork and cage bottle of La Fin du Monde, there you go. a nice block of cheese, Baller. and go someplace where you can sit in a public park and not be bothered. Yeah, right. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe at night. Yeah, this is uh, this is fantastic. An interesting note about, so whenever we talk about kind of coriander, so coriander itself, um, it has some of the same oils in it that um, Citra hops do. So some brewery, I think, did a blind taste test where they brewed a beer without any hops and just put coriander, finished it with that, and then brewed one with Citra and finished it with that in the Whirlpool. And, p- and the panel couldn't taste the difference That's with any really kind cool. of That's a really cool significance. So, experiment. Um, right. So there's a lot we don't know about hop oils. This is not the beer to talk about hop oils on today, cause it's, but it, but. Interesting tidbit there when you anything anytime you're um yeah, come across coriander, don't be surprised if there's some kind of something in your brain is going, is this what kind of are there what kind of hops? You're kind of hunting for a, a hop in there that it is isn't there, but your brain may uh maybe being tricked a little bit. But yeah, definitely a smooth, dry finish. It's very balanced, as you said, and spicy, a little bit of acidity there. But I mean, this is just right. It's fantastic. It is you definitely get like the the booze no like a warmingness from the alcohol which is kind of a linger yeah. yeah like right at the yeah like it's kind of just all over way it sits on your tongue too um this is uh yeah guys yeah it's been, a, it's been a while but i'm glad we're here the story the unibrew provides mm. with this beer which has a really provocative name um one they spent about 18 months researching the beer yeah. this is back in like 93 94 mm-hmm. that this was happening so I mean, we don't even have the internet for them to go on to right. like a, Research, a brewing clone right. site and, and right. pull up 12 different recipes. 
Um, so the research was likely more time consuming. Maybe you could have done it today in an hour and a half. Right. Now you're back then you're flying to you're flying to France or Belgium, actually, <laughs> which probably was really cool. Like actually yeah. going and, and talking to Trappist brewers and oh. stuff. And the name is kind of put there to honor the French explorers who discovered North America and believe they had reached the, the end, end of, of the, world. the world. There we go. Um, so that's pretty cool. Some of their other beer names are um, yes. one of them is is translated to three damned. Pistols. Okay, yeah, uh, three deep, pistols right. and uh, my seventh grade French is eluding me, but something kind of like a gift from God in uh, Don de D. So I, I, I love that. I love that sort of play. There's some breweries that just do a really cool, uh, again, I already mentioned I play Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll cease my, my, my kind of nerd rant here uh, about the lore that goes into these beers. But man, 1994, Canada itself, I, I, they only have about six or 700 craft breweries in the country, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that's the, the, these guys, Unibrew, were uh, independent for quite a while and then got acquired by Sleeman Brewery and then Sleeman got acquired by Sapporo. So I think they're now technically an international brewery. But to my knowledge, this particular beer hasn't changed at all. It's uh, won uh, World Beer Championship just a couple of years ago yeah, in London, 2017. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, it's still amazing. Absolutely correct. Um, and yeah, just kind of classic to the style um, for sure. So while we're while we're sipping on this nine percenter, Harrison, mm-hmm. in, in terms of glassware, yeah. you know, so Unibrew recommends a tulip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the tiku is is serving you well. Yeah. Um, it, in yeah. terms of aroma, what would be one of the drawbacks if I had this in a typical uh, Pilsner or a regular pint glass? Right. Well, the goal of the tulip is to kind of capture all the aroma in the in the glass as you drink it. It's not, you know, it's got a smaller, simply put, smaller surface area. The aromatics are leaving less slow, getting trapped, or less fast, rather, getting trapped in the uh, the glass um, due to the smaller, just actual opening at the top, as opposed to a pine glass that would just kind of let everything bubble on out. So the CO2 in here wants to be a gas, so it's going to try and escape, and you got to kind of do what you can outside drinking through a straw to to wrap it in there and kind of with it the aroma that it's that it's um attached to so uh yeah you definitely would especially as you keep drinking it and you kind of get some headspace in the glass and can swish it around a bit to knock some co2 loose and with that it's a little more aroma and then take a big old sniff in there and it's it's even more orangey now as i'm sitting here and enjoying it it just like hits me in the face with the orange so you may not be getting that same experience with a different glass now. John's right. There's no wrong way to drink a beer. I guess. I guess there's probably an asterisk there, and you can you could you could find <laughs> a wrong way. But, but right. generally speaking, you're right. okay. But if you have the opportunity, I mean, definitely these recommendations are. I mean, they're they're there for a reason. And the Tiku service is a great. It's almost a. It's more like a, a a tulip with more angles to it or something. I don't know. Like it's very close to it. Um, I'm not even sure. It might even be considered like a variation of a tulip class. It was initially drawn up by Italian beer right. experts who, mm. I mean, they make great ham. So I'm not going to mm. take anything away from their, their craftsmanship. <laughs> it, uh, it Its shape it is very close to a tulip glass except for the upper lip, mm-hmm. which I want to believe is built to kind of uh, push the beer into your mouth a little right. bit easier than the Indeed. concave turn of a tulip glass. Yep. But either way. I think you're very correct. If you drank this beer right from the bottle, it would still be good, but you'd be yeah. missing out 
on half of what you taste is right. what you smell. Right. And oh, uh, yeah. That really affects you when you're drinking a beer. Absolutely. Yeah, no exception here. So definitely, yeah, digging in the Tiku. This is great. Um, I'm glad uh, glad I have this guy and I'm enjoying it uh, as such. Also, like, like it's a bit top-heavy, but I kind of like that. It's sitting, you know, got a scoop in under it. Shorter distance from the glass to my face. Uh, from <laughs> from a casual observer standpoint, you look very sophisticated mm-hmm. drinking out of uh, out of that glass. And honestly, I I I have one at home. I have one of the untapped ones. I was really excited to uh, be able to be able to grab yeah. one as soon as they released. Um, and I love drinking stouts out of it, especially adjuncted stouts. You use cinnamon and vanilla. I find that I can oh, I can yeah. really uh, inhale that beer. Well, sh- sorry, smell that beer and drink it at a proper rate. Um, I did, for those of you listening that are excited about glassware, I did speak with the staff at the Untapped store. We're currently in the market. We're shopping. We're trying to get everything put together before we can release uh, Untapped tasting glasses. I think we're going to try and do like a flight board um, for four glasses, which would be really cool if you have the faculties to do that at home. What I love, I have some uh, tiny little tasting glasses that I use very often mm-hmm. when, when we do a bottle share. Yeah, um, it's really convenient. I, I kind of know where to fill if it's a if it's a twenty two ounce bottle. I know where to fill them for right. four people. Right. If it's a sixteen ounce can, I know where to go for four. So it makes that bottle share a lot easier because I tend to be a perfectionist and I want everybody <laughs> to get the same amount. Right, that's a good thing. Um, so that's always fun. I'm hopeful that those will be able to hit the store and we'll be able to share some of our own glassware, yeah. uh, new and updated with those of you that want to support the brand. Um, what else we got? Harrison, a couple, a lot of cool things happening in the yes, Facebook group. It's the place to be right now. We're we're getting close to a thousand members in that group. 2020 has been really, really cool to see. There's people that post about beer, travel advice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how to use untap different ways, mm-hmm. or uh, just kind of polling the audience has been really cool. Um, Harrison actually pointed out one of the posts to me, uh, really cool can design. Yes, the Basque, there's a Basque lands. From Spain, have a can that looks almost identical to a Campbell's soup uh, can. It's cream of citra, though, instead of cream of mushroom or whatever you would enjoy from the classic uh, soup creator and purveyor uh, out of, I believe, Candom, New Jersey. I used to look at their one of their factories all the time living in Philadelphia. But yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks great. Um, what a cool way to approach it. Uh, cream of citra. I'm looking for cream of mosaic and cream of centennial next. Yes. I hope they really run with it. Um, yeah, but that was really neat to see. And some good questions and stuff this week as well. Lots of lots of um, yeah, great back and forth. Yeah, I um, well, I want to share. Uh, Brian's a really active member in the Facebook group. He shares with us his travel tip number forty nine. Oh yeah, uh, which honestly, this is this is worthy of sharing on the podcast a hundred percent. Uh, he calls it Suva Beers, which <laughs> automatically I'm interested. You've got a cool name for it. Um, his tip here is it, it's a no brainer once you hear about it. He yeah. went, he travels a lot and uh, he brings a storage device. This could be a Yeti cooler, this mm-hmm. could be a plastic file cabinet, whatever <laughs> you can comfortably put in your vehicle. Right. And when he's traveling, he'll take that opportunity to go to a bottle shop and pick up some beers yeah. out of distribution, stuff he can't find at home. Puts it in the Suva beer container <laughs> and brings it home. And 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 I I thought to myself, man, how many times have I like driven I through know. a town and said, All the ah, time. 
and then you get home and you realize you missed an opportunity to pick up some 120 minute or something. Yeah, something crazy. I know it's a great idea. I've heard of that too. Other people packing purposefully empty bag, empty empty luggage, and they go somewhere to fill up with beer on the way back. But he's got a nice system down. So it was cool to see that. And yeah, Brian travels all the time. I feel like his check ins and his, you know, the stuff he shares in the group, it's always some new city. I was on the way to so and so and I stopped at this amazing brewery. It's, I, like, I like the way you travel. True. I, wonder, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what Brian does for a living, <laughs> but but his, his year in beer is going to be all yeah, over the map. It's going to be impressive. Yeah, that'll be a heck of a map to look at. So that's always fun to see what he's up to. And and now, yeah, if you travel like Brian, you got a nice, nice way to improve that. You're, uh, your bounty from the trip and, and bring some stuff home to enjoy later. Some Suva beers. Suva beers. A Suva beer. Um, another good <laughs> question a lot of people kind of engaged with in the group uh, about a week ago comes from Melissa. She asks, what's the best order to drink your beer flight? Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly particular about right. this, Me but too. there's there's no right answer. Yeah. Um, I would argue with you until I, until we were out of beer, <laughs> but there was almost everybody had kind of a unique take on it, which I love mm-hmm. about the group. Um, there, very often there is no right or wrong answer. It's just information exchange. Yeah, uh, Harrison, when you when, <laughs> in the in the yes. one or two occasions per year that you may find yourself <laughs> ordering a flight, right? Um, do you have a strategy? Do you go? Do you set out like a, a do you build your flight strategy when you're ordering? Right. Do you take what you get right. and try and rearrange it? Right, How's right, that work right. for you? Right. Really, I, I have flights all the time, John. They're just 16 ounce sampling glasses. And I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I may have shared this at the, on the podcast before, but my approach whenever I walk into any beer bar, any brewery, any, any place is I look at, I take a moment, I go zen as everyone else is kind of absorbed in the, newness of whoever we are and getting kind of sucked into what are you having from the bartender? I stop and just look at the whole list and pick the three beers I'm going to have while we're there mentally. And in my head, the order I want to have them in, whether that's in a flight or in a couple pints or half pints, whatever it is, um, and then order them as such. So like I will, I'll never just go get, I usually don't just go get a beer. I'm thinking ahead three beers at a time. So that as I finish that IPA, I'm not then drinking a pale ale, which may have less IBUs and kind of I will miss a lot of the nuances of that beer because I'm kind of in the middle of probably some palate fatigue. So um, in terms of specific beers, right or wrong, that is, I mean, I'll usually start with something. My go-to is usually something hoppy because I just always like IPAs to start. And then like a lager or a porter, something to kind of wash the palate away, a little reset. And then the third beer is anything. It could be anything at all. It just kind of whatever I see that tickles my fancy at the moment. So, but that's how I think about it is what three beers am I going to have when I'm here, make that order up and never, I try never do hops back to back. If I am, it's less IBUs to more IBUs, but that is even tough these days too. And like IBUs aren't to the be all end all. It used to be where you could have a double new England IPA that has less IBUs than a pale ale. And then yep. where do you start? So in that case, I don't, I, I think IBU is a good guide and we should, I've said it a bunch, we should actually do the podcast where I talk about IBUs and what they actually are and how a lot of breweries think they're a, a dragon. They're they're a myth or more more accurately, just not a good measurement of of what people are actually tasting, especially now that the, the palates of the world have, have changed and the beer demand has changed. But to make a 10-minute answer out of a one-sentence question, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I pick them three at a time, or try not to do hoppy back-to-back, 
and try to have some, we used to call them like spacer beers where we'd like a Brooklyn lager was always a great beer. If you didn't know what you want to have next, just get one of those. Cause you could have anything after that beer. Cause it was a great beer to kind of reset everything. Still have something um, in your hand. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, but that's how I approach it. What about you, John? Any, any insights there? Well, my insights are, <laughs> are more uh, canonized, but um, I mean, for me, when I'm ordering a flight, there's two different circumstances. When I go to a a place that serves mm-hmm. beer, most often I want to start, I want to grab something familiar, comfortable, exciting. I'm going to drink that while I process the mm-hmm. menu. And yeah. then I want to make sure I pick, like if there is something from a brewery I'm excited about or a beer style I'm excited about, I want to make sure I get those in before I leave. Yeah. When it's time to decide on a flight, when I'm fortunate enough to go to a place and there's a bunch of exciting beers right. and they're gonna they're willing to make a flight for me, right. my strategy is very much I start at that very low section mm-hmm. uh, with something whatever's closest to a lager, working up to whatever's closest to a Belgian quad or mm. a barrel age something. Yeah, right. So I'm getting progressively like I eat a salad. And then I go to uh, a a fish dish and then I end with like a steak and gravy Mm. and everything. So that's my strategy has been that way for years. But you make a really good point that Mm. I may be better served starting with a heavier beer, going to a light beer to kind of reset. And then instead of going light, darker, 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 darker. Right. It can. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I I didn't didn't do much research other than I you know, firsthand, it's all anecdotal. It's just me. There are no, there are no spreadsheets here, but it's it's the same question (laughs) as what's the best pizza topping. Right. Popular trend would tell you pepperoni. (laughs) I would tell you ham and pineapple. Um, My wife would disagree. Anchovies. Almost everyone disagrees on the best pizza (laughs) topping. And the good part is it's, it's always good. Just eat your pizza and and everyone should enjoy that. Don't worry about it. Uh, Exactly. With your flights as well. Um, there is no, no one's ever drank a flight and said, man, I, I, I should have done that. I, I really order. messed I, up. I messed everything. I'll get another flight then. Um, true. The alternative <laughs> is still pretty good. Um, so even though there's no real answers there, Melissa, hopefully that at least helps shed some light on the fact that you're doing absolutely nothing wrong, yeah, no matter how light. you drink your flights. Yeah, maybe try some new things there. Cool. A couple quick updates before we jump into a break for the untapped users that should hopefully be most of us listening. Yeah. Uh, We just ended Mardi Gras. So hopefully those of you that are, if you're fortunate enough to be in and around Louisiana, I'm sure you had a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, If you're not, hopefully you ate some crawdads or beignets or shrimp etouffee or drank a cool beer um Mm -hmm. and and earned the mardi gras badge while that kind of celebration was happening otherwise we're really close and this is a pretty unique opportunity to have a leap year they happen every four Four? years we both said confidently (laughs) um so harrison and i are not timekeepers but this year is a leap year and there's a leap beer badge to be earned love it um if i did my math correctly you can earn that on thursday or friday after this podcast comes out and probably the only what the second time maybe we've ever had one if that's in untapped history we're going to be 10 years Years old so in October, maybe, right, so, so I'm pretty sure this would be the second ever leap beer mm-hmm. badge, or maybe the maybe first. The first. If I, I can't yeah. remember if we if, if we had one back then. Yeah. So um, so this will be a unique badge as well. Don't miss it. Um, and, and and check <laughs> just just check into a beer on the day. That'll be a fun. It should be pretty easy to earn. Mm-hmm. 
And then we're not quite there yet, but one of my favorite times of year, um, everybody knows in, in the U.S. anyways that March Madness is a huge college basketball thing. And wherever you work, there's going to be people talking about their brackets. Um, uh, Obama famously was doing a, a bracket as the United States president. We uh, are not tied with the NCAA, but Brewery Madness is coming this year again in March. We've got one more episode before Brewery Madness launches. Yeah, Uh, We're really excited to work on. We're talking about doing a big bracket. Uh, We want to announce the breweries that are going to be participating. Mm -hmm. It's all decided by check-ins, so we picked the 64 breweries with the most amount of check-ins. Um, it can be U.S., it can be worldwide. The top check-ins in a brewery, we set a bracket up. And um, it's competition almost every other day uh, for the later part of March leading into April. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's all in good fun. In, in 2018, Founders won it. In 2019, as you may assume, yeah. Treehouse won it, which was kind of a, a Cinderella story. Yeah, They don't do much distribution at all and they were able to win the brewery madness bracket so this year i think greg avola the founder of untapped is actually going to be filling out a bracket uh either with us or on social media so Mm -hmm. that should be kind of fun and we'll do a a poll in the facebook group as well to see if anybody can pick the winner yeah for 2020 um i I'm going to stick with the champ. I think Treehouse is, is the one to beat. So they they haven't slowed down at all, but I'd be excited to see someone upset them. Yeah, I know, right? I'm trying to think quickly off the top of my head. Some of the, a lot of breweries, bigger breweries like Founders and even Sierra Nevada have a lot of new beers in the market they released this year. So I wonder how they're trending check-in wise compared to years past. There's more True. things you can check in. So Brewdog, Bells, right. there's some really Bells big competitors. Bells too, that's right, with Bells. Yeah, it has some, some pretty serious new beers in the market. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. Um, it always is a lot of fun to look at this, and it'll come down to that probably the last, I mean, the last day. I think it was, I think it was pretty close last year, was it not? It, the, it was, It was. I think it was about 100. Right, che- I mean, right, every right check-in there. counts. So right. unlike college basketball, <laughs> hopefully you don't have a super loyalty to your alma mater. Right. Um, you know, if, if your team or brewery in this case is out in the first round, you can always jump on the treehouse bandwagon. Yeah, well, well, if you're fortunate <laughs> enough to jump on the treehouse bandwagon, I hope to help them out with the right, check-in. But right. otherwise, it's just you, you check into your beers as you normally would and uh and it's kind of a the, it's a competition if i can say that with air quotes right yeah, among breweries the winner usually gets kind of the winning brewery usually we try and celebrate them with a badge or something for a month mm-hmm. um but it's, it's all designed to be in good fun and it's controlled ultimately by you the untapped community and your beer check-ins decide the winner that's right that's the coolest part about this awesome all right well let's hear from our sponsor which i'm sure you're all going to be very uh, familiar with it will come back with some more beer want to show off your love of untapped check out our online store and pick up untapped branded glassware shirts sweatshirts hats more depending on how hot or cold you are go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code podcast when you check out that'll get 20 percent off anything you order that's store.untapped.com Use the coupon code podcast, 20% off for you. Plus, it lets them know that you guys are listening, and we love that here. 
All right. And we're back with a beer we have been, John and I have been talking about for a little bit, and, and certainly there's been a buzz about this, and maybe you saw it on social media the other night of us alluding to, here we go, Ooh, um, that we're going to be drinking out of some, this next beer, out of some interesting glassware. Really interesting. Right. I mean, we've seen it. It's not like if you're imagining like something in the shape of a, like a, a peacock or um, you know, a half moon. It's not. It's it's a bowl. We've all seen them before. But how many of you have consumed a beverage out of them? And I'm not talking about birios, although I guess that kind of counts. Um, I mean an actual, an actual beer. We're about to find out right now what this is all about. But it's this is a hilarious story. I think it's actually a really cool story how this came to be. And I did say bowls. I mean, like an actual bowl. We have a bowl of beer in front of us. It looks like miso soup. Oh, John's passing. I'm hand. Uh, sorry, Harrison. <laughs> be very careful. There's <laughs> there's some electronics underneath that bowl. <laughs> wow. This is, this is, this is already one of the coolest things I've done. I know. Or at least I can say one of the most unique things I've done. Yeah, this is wild. The, so we're drinking a beer called Dunzo from Back Channel Brewing mm-hmm. Collective out near Minnesota. Um, yes. These guys kind of got some internet fame about a year ago for serving beer in a bowl and I mean, you uh, hope go go if you haven't seen it already. Look at the Untapped story on Instagram. You'll see a picture of the bowl or the or in the podcast post from Untapped. You'll see a photo of the. This is it. Looks like a beautiful cereal bowl that we're it about does. to drink this beer out of. Yeah, and exactly. uh, hopefully this. I'm I'm, ex- I'm guessing this is going to provide a pretty cool experience for us uh, to be able to get right in there and smell it. Yeah. But the story behind this is even better. Um, the guys and girl that started this brewery were kind of touring, um, talking to other brewers. They went to North Carolina. And the story goes, there's probably a little bit of myth here, but the story goes, they rented an Airbnb. They drank a bunch of beers. They put all the beer glasses in the dishwasher and went out picking up beers again. And they come back to their Airbnb and realize, as we often do, the dishwasher <laughs> didn't actually work. Right. So now they've got these beers. There was, I believe the story tells me that it was Citraquential, which is the heist yeah. brewing in Charlotte. That's their kind of number one checked-in beer. And they already had it. I can picture this happening in my head. They've opened the crawler of right. the beer. They're looking around. The glasses are all still filthy. We want to drink this. What do we do? You start rummaging through the cupboards and you find right. ah, cereal bowls. Right. Why not? This isn't this isn't gonna dis dis this isn't gonna do the beer a disservice. So they pour it into cereal bowls. And they're drinking this beer. And this is like this is five people that opened a brewery. So relatively speaking, these are pretty cool people. Right. Um, the uh, what I know about them from their website, which is really neat, is Josh has jumped off of over one thousand docks. <laughs> so his claim to fame is is, right. is worthy of bucket listing. Right. And Mark, their head brewer, is a BJCP beer judging certification panel judge who drew a lot of early inspiration in his career from Vinny at Russian River. So these guys not only have clout, but they jumped off. The, one of them jumped <laughs> off a thousand docks. This yeah. is the perfect group to find yourself hanging out with. Right. They're I'm drinking right. beer from bowls 
and you know, kind of just look around and assess the situation. And they said, this is pretty freaking cool. Let's bring this back to the brewery. You don't have to. If you go right. to Back Channel, they don't they force you to wear, drink out right. of a bowl <laughs> while you're there. It's cool for Instagram. It's I'm really excited to drink a beer out of this. Right. I'll stop talking and let Harrison fill right. us in on the rest of the details. Yeah. And, and, you know, the exact – well, yeah, okay. So the details of this beer itself were Dunzo, New England-style IPA, 6.75% ABV, 58 IBUs. And it has it features Strata and Metueka, Motueka or Matuka. I've heard it said both ways, but um, those two different hops. Um, it was kind of they in planning for this beer, kind of wanted to be a really dank IPA um, that was uh, kind of had a lot of strawberry and orange creamsicle citrus notes attached to it, um, while also kind of really manipulating like the soft, fruity, fluffiness of a lot of those stone fruits that a lot of beers especially you know i pays enjoy today so um really it says this fluffy gem goes elbow deep showcase a bright tropical forest of flavor that will leave you stone-faced so a lot of stone fruit awesome. puns happening and maybe i'm right with my my foreshadowing of fruity pebble notes we're gonna find out right now it's, i'm gonna get a big face full of it that's for sure there's no other way to to do it when you're drinking out of a bowl i it, right be in. intuitive i mean <laughs> Someone hands you a bowl full of beer. Right. Just, just don't be the yeah. Just drink out of it. Don't ask uh, questions. Don't just ask for a spoon. Right. <laughs> the okay. So here we go. Drinking we go. a beer from a bowl. Wow. I mean, it's all nose. This is huge. There's the head on here. I feel like only Omnipolo could give a good beer head if you're serving it out of a bowl. Right. That dissipated as you would expect. The surface area on here is yeah, huge. It's huge. But, but the aroma, my gosh, it's really amazing. It's, it's the opposite room. of a tulip glass. It's, it's like, huge. It's, it's hitting you like a wave, like a tidal wave. Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, mm-hmm. This is exciting. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, what helps is that is such a good beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is dangerous. It's just like going to a ramen restaurant and finishing the broth. I mean, the mechanics of it, as I should have expected, were just like finishing your Captain Crunch milk. Exactly. And I think I've just learned that I'm programmed to chug out of a bowl. Like all I've ever done when drinking from a bowl is chugged ramen or chugged juice, like, you know, milk. as fast as you can. All I know how to do is is finish it quickly so I can eat more cereal or have more ramen. So I've got to try and make myself not do that. But this is a trip. This This is awesome. And yeah, complete opposite of a, a snifter or a tulip or a tiku glass where it's open as it can all be, but it really right away hits you in the nose because of that. There's no ignoring it. You kind of it put al- your face near it. Almost literally. I right, think I was right. uh, maybe one or two millimeters away from dipping right, my nose right. in the beer. Yeah, it may happen. Next, that would have been step. okay too. This is awesome. And I also did some other research. I guess this is not like a, an alien idea. Apparently, a lot of there's history in Norway of Vikings drinking out of a bowl. Yeah, you, know, you right skull skull. I think it has to do with drinking from a bowl and the kind of cheers to good health there. So uh, yeah, the world was at one point you kind of drank with whatever you had uh, out of a horn, out of a boot. If, if you've ever right. stayed at an Airbnb with a broken dishwasher, <laughs> right. you may have already you've, done this. That coffee out of it's bowls. better than a dinner plate. Right, certainly. Yeah, I don't think there's any aroma on there. Maybe it's all aroma. There's no liquid on a dinner plate. You're just getting the nose of the beer and wet. 
We've got to clean the dishes now. <laughs> That's right. And the floor. Oh man. This is I I I I appreciate I would I, I would easily visit a place that told me they serve their beer out of a bowl sure. just because it's an experience I haven't had. Mm. I, I live in a in a house where there are bowls. I could do it at home. Maybe but I will. There's just something about uh, I don't, like <sighs> this is the way it's presented mm. and drinking it again, there's a lot. The bowl is really cool, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of skill in this beer as well. This yeah, beer is really great. good. Um, yeah, it's delicious. Re- like a, a beautiful cascade of of hops. I yep. get the strawberry, mm-hmm. a little bit of creamsicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great New England IPA. Yes. Yeah, a lot of creamsicle. A lot of, yeah, I'm right there. Tons of creamsicle and citrus and a lot of fruit happening. And it does kind of change as you smell it, then drink it, then sit for a moment afterwards you're getting a lot of different things and it's kind of fun to drink i want something to kind of like it. Into or, it yeah right i know i like i feel like i'm right what's i'm missing part of something that could I don't know, be happening what do you, i don't know what you do though you dunk a tea bag of hops in here is that's too much work ooh, but you could do it yep you could do it could, i'm thinking more like pretzel like a donut <laughs> beer yeah right there's um, no i don't know maybe you, fruit you could dunk fruit in here all right so yeah um that's honestly right. here's the idea uh, back channel. If you're listening and you want to do a one-off, or uh, maybe maybe if you want if you want to just heed my uh, unqualified advice, uh, allow people the opportunity to sprinkle some fresh cut jalapenos mm. and fruits, and then sprinkle it into the bowl. Uh, that'll do right. a little bit of flavoring, but sure. also it'll be kind of fun to eat that at the end, just like a, a ramen yeah. bowl. Right. There's all a right. whole. There's a whole now other. Now solved it. Now I can eat and drink at the same time. <laughs> the future we all want to live in. John's <laughs> there ahead of us, blazing the trail. Um. Well, I really want to make sure I send a. I really want to send a proper shout out and a thank you to David, who we were able to kind of hook up with and make all of this happen. He was able to get us a what they call a howler from mm-hmm. Back Channel, which is about a twenty-five ounce crowler. Yeah. Um, which is perfect. That's something you could almost do all by yourself. And yeah. he was kind enough to also provide us with two of the back channel beer bowls, yeah, which they wild. use. Um, you could, if you're able, if you're around Minnesota um, and you want to visit back channel, I would recommend to check it out. Most of their beer is sold right in their tap room. They don't do a lot of distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, and you have a bowl that you drink stew, right. soup, cereal that you eat salads out. out of. You may feel silly, but no one has to know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> grab a grab an IPA, grab a stout, grab a beer you like, pour it in the bowl. It's not going to change your world, but it is hmm. really fun to drink this beer out of a bowl. Right. And I have David W on Untapped to thank ex- so much yes. for sharing this experience with us. This is mm-hmm. so much fun to do. Yeah, thank you, thank you, David. This is great, man. I'm I'm having a blast. I wasn't. It's it's man. It's 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 not even gimmicky. It's like a. It's it really changes how quickly you experience the aroma of it. There's like no denying it. It's uh. It's great. It's a who. I'm gonna. I'm now. I've got a whole. This is gonna be. This is gonna, I'm gonna have to redrink every beer I've had out of a bowl now. Yeah, I mean, it may have changed my life tonight, John. Of, of all of the the Tiku glass, again, I'll say it's probably the most. If you could only have one beer glass to drink from, that's probably the one that will serve all styles pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. A Pilsner glass is beautiful. But of all the glasses I've had, you go to a brewery and they have their, like, their beautiful branded glassware. Yep. Yep. This is the one 
glassware that I've drank out of that I will I will tell the story to people I meet yeah, and say, me man, it was just so like it's the most unique or different thing I've done. Right. And, um, and it almost feels like uh like I'm <laughs> friends with the with with the team that started the brewery. Like I can I can almost almost put myself in that situation where we had to drink our coffee out of a cereal bowl. In fact I'm pretty sure I've stayed yeah. in that same Airbnb before. <laughs> Right, they should put that put a plaque on the door of it. This is the place where Seriously. the legend of the back channel bowl began. That Airbnb is right. missing out. That building's been um, demolished. And it's- if you're a snowmobiler, you can. I <laughs> believe they they mentioned that you can take a snowmobile to their brewery in uh, Minneapolis, which is uh, that's probably six or seven months out of the year that a snowmobile is is, is Easily, yeah. able to be driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They're right there in like Spring Park, which is right there. If it's right in the same exact area. As I'm finishing my bowl and watching yes. Harrison, I'm, mm. I'm loving watching. The most fun about this is watching your friends drink <laughs> right. beer from a bowl. Um, let's get to the more uh, just for fun subjects here. Would you rather? Yes. Um, I want to uh, issue a challenge to those of you that are listening. Join the Facebook group. Send Harrison and I a direct message on Untapped. Email Untapped. Do what you can. Send us a fax. Um, if you have an idea for a good <laughs> beer-related would you rather, yeah, um, we'd love your help. But here's what we've got for tonight. Um, this is a, an original Harrison uh, creation right here. Well, and honestly, I love – this is like watching uh, a Looney Tunes commercial as soon as you read it out to me. Right. I'm excited about right. it. I know. I think Becca had a hand in this as well. She kind of gathered my thoughts she, in a, in a I, sentence <laughs> – Becca's the one that animated this all for us. I was babbling about different things. Um, So, yeah, so today's Would You Rather is Would You Rather Drink Beer from a Fire Hose or Beer from an Eyedropper? So you can essentially replace Fire Hose with, you know, Beer Bong and Eyedropper with, you know, Thimble or whatever, small vessel, uh, if that's easier for you to imagine. But the the kind of – the posit here, the question is – Kind of too much to handle or, you know, just enough to, for me, have it get lost in your mustache and maybe never actually taste it. And what's the... (laughs) Watching Harrison drink this beer from a bowl, if the poor guy had to use a thimble, he would never know what beer tasted like. I'd never know. I'd never know. But a fire hose presents its own problems. Its own problems. I know. I'm going to say... I, I immediately break this down into mechanics. Yep. Um, and if I had to drink beer from a fire hose, that's mm-hmm. almost impossible without mm-hmm. causing some sort of dentistry problem. <laughs> right. Um, or or even worse, a beer bong's okay. I could handle I we're basically talking about do you want your beer to be kind of forced on you or <laughs> or do you want to have to work? No, that's a bad way to phrase it. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Do, are, are you taking drips or um, this is a, this is a this is a tough. Would you rather for me? Both yeah. of these are unappealing. Yeah, do you want the right? You want the whole cow or just a chicken nugget? Half a chicken nugget at a time. You know, for for me, I I go to the they make chicken nuggets. Right, out of cow. Well, maybe they make them. You don't Never know. Mind. We won't address it's that. Just, right. That was just a generic meat metaphor. <laughs> Any the whole chicken or whatever. But the, uh, the have some more bowl. Have another. <laughs> 
Another chug out of your bowl. Yeah, I always think about like, what's the world I live in? Because immediately you're like, you're, the easy visual is like you're standing in, in, at a party now and instead of a keg, there's a fire hose in the wall and you blast that at your friend and he tries to inhale some beer as he's telling you about how his weekend went and you're just kind of living in a ridiculous, like you said, Looney Tunes-like world. But I imagine like so much would change if the world we live in is fire hose, beer, for everyone, which is like an, a runaway keg, essentially. We just didn't figure out how to regulate gas, and we're just going to, <laughs> we're going to parties of, right, where it's either it once and it's right, done in five minutes. You got to drink it before it takes off and goes down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right, everyone has to have it at once. So, in that world, I'm sure like everything is a raincoat. You have like a drinking suit, probably that's like water repellent. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have a, maybe you, maybe beards are, if they could be more fashionable, just <laughs> where you're just kind of hitting your face with beer and then kind of throughout the day or party <laughs> recollecting from your flavor saver the, i mean there's a the beard is more of a safety net right exactly it's like point. really functional it keeps you people cold. wear mouth guards when they the, go drinking right. you can catch it like a like a storm catcher in your yard or whatever for the, the runoff off your roof you have something <laughs> like that for your beard at a party it's just kind of like the norm of you know i forgot my pint necklace i gotta go back in the house i forgot my beard bowl i gotta go back in the house and get that for the party so i could see uh a fun world where society still exists and functions and we just drink beer out of a fire hose. I think we just have complete chaos if it's an eyedropper and you have to wait that long to, at the end of the day, you know, have a pint's worth of beer and it takes you 95 minutes. I think that world is an apocalyptic, chaotic one where nothing gets done and everyone is fighting some small civil war because there is no peace in a in a world where it's that difficult to have a relaxing drink at the end of the day. Um, so I, that's scary. That's a dice, dystopian future I don't want to look in the face of. But uh, maybe it doesn't go that far. Maybe you kind of just have your eyedropper and just like we have a tiku glass in a bowl, maybe there's bigger ones, smaller ones, get a little more of an experience out of it. Uh, I, I'm going fire hose, though. I think that's the more fun world. That's the world of backyard parties and Katy Perry music and everything's a, a fireworks show. And the eyedropper one just seems lame, especially, again, as I said, the beard it really would – I would just – I'd get every seventh eyedrop would get into my mouth. And I probably just wouldn't be interested in beer. I'd be a wine guy. The, as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a former chef, uh -huh. I can appreciate – the idea of one perfect bite. In fact, I fantasize right. about the yeah. idea of there one perfect bite. And if you took a New England IPA, a Pilsner, I feel like everything would be magnified if you, if I only got, you know, let's say five milliliters of this beer every time I went to drink it, yeah. it would force me to look for all the nuance in that beer and maybe force me to pull out more detail of every beer I drank. And that would be really fun. Yeah. But also, when I eat a pizza, <laughs> I generally try and finish a slice in three or four bites. Right. So as a big bite taker, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm of the school. Even when I'm it's, – maybe it's because we're drinking this beer from a bowl, but <laughs> – my gosh, um, my my sips have turned into giant bites, know, and it's yeah. also really fun. I like yeah. I like whatever nuance I pulled out of a five mil milliliter eyedropper. I, I wager I could get most of it in a right. giant gold. Sure, right. so I'm almost on the fire hose team. Yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful 
there's some of you listening that are like this this would you rather would be great it's provocative maybe not provocative <laughs> it's difficult maybe. to answer there's a losing there's a, you lose some on on either sure. selection but for me on this one i'm going to go with the world that i built up in my head just a second ago where <laughs> everybody's a super taster and mm. we all have an eyedropper of beer and we can tell you what hops were used yeah. and when they were harvested yeah, and right. that would be that would be really fun for me that's a good point. i'm grateful to live in a world where i can drink from a tiku glass right. a solo cup or a beer bowl yeah as am i well well put john this is fantastic so Having made it this far in the show, if you haven't done it yet and you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Or if you're a person who wants to live in the future like I do, follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to the show and we try and release all of the audio to YouTube as early as possible. So Mm -hmm. if you're subscribed, you'll be notified about new episodes, sometimes even a day early. Yeah. Otherwise, the show notes for this episode will be available at podcast.untap.com or sometimes poorly translated to wherever you're listening to podcasts. (laughs) You can get some links from there as well. If you have any questions or feedback, connect with Untapped right on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or connect directly with Harrison and I on our Facebook group, which is titled Drinking Socially and linked in the show notes. And we'll see you in two weeks. Skull. Skull.